Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we have a great show lined up for you today. But before we get started, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash human machine, where for as little as $3 a month, you can read hundreds of pages of comics, music reviews, and other stuff, as well as get music sneak peeks and things like that. In other news, did you see that Middleman Records has released a pre-order for the new split 12-inch by Snag and Coma Regalia? You can watch a video for Snag's On the Human Condition and pre-order the album now. And on that note, I'd like to play something for you. Joiner by So Long, Partner, featuring my pal Robbie Love. The project is a wild concoction of bluegrass, screamo, chip tunes, and other influences. Check it out. My dad had a vinyl record of um, like some children's songs and they were like skipping really bad. And it was like this weird, creepy, like children's chorus. And then he also had a Mr. Rogers Neighborhood vinyl um, that he would just put on when we were kids. And I like distinctly remember that. And the record skipped because they were super, super old. Let me um, let me say go ahead. sometimes this question means almost nothing but like sometimes when someone answers i'm like this tracks all the way to the last bit of music that i you're talking about like children's songs and sing along like mr rogers stuff but it's skipping and glitching out all the time i'm like this makes sense to exactly what I've listened to from you. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, cool. Like, I'm tracking this history <laughs> and I'm like, yep, this checks out. But, um, well, I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, poor, that's all. Awesome. memory unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, wait. Oh, yeah. I never had a say in this art that I make at all. But, um, no, um, but that's, that's really cool. And, um, do you remember any of these songs specifically? No, there was one about a cat, but I can't remember. And then the Mr. Rogers songs were like, you know, it was like the Mr. McFeely, like mailman song. And like, I'm sure he had a song. Like, I still remember the it's you. I like song. That's like, it's not the things you wear. It's not your chair. And he does it um, with a disabled kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just, I, I kind of remember those, but not really like a specific song per se, just like really weird. I barely, I remember the cover art too. And it was like a super old, weird thing. It looked like it was from the seventies or something. The Mr. Rogers album or the children's songs? There? The children's song uh, one. Okay. Was it like, did, did it have like hor- horror vibes almost? Like a lot of old, <laughs> you, know, you ever notice that? It's like a lot of old children's art is like, you're like, this shit is creepy, honestly. But I, yeah, I dig I think, it, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it sort of did. Like, I remember, I, I remember it having like it. It was like children singing, um, and it was certainly. And since it was like so skippy and like old, it was definitely like a little demented. And I think my dad sort of had a fascination with that because his mom did too. His mom was an artist. Um, and an art teacher and she had like a thing for puppets so there were all these creepy puppets at my grandma's house like those were like a big thing in my childhood too that I remember is like these little handheld puppets with like beautiful like wooden and like clay faces and stuff it, it was it was really cool and they were really beautiful but like also they were really creepy and sort of scary there was like a witch one that I remember really distinctly oh wow this this whole this whole thing's like, yeah, this is like an A twenty four like movie waiting to happen. You yeah, know, like, definitely. Yeah, this is this is really cool. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I don't have anything interesting like that. My grandma just had like every newspaper from the last like fifty seven years. But uh, but it, that's that, sick though. It was kind of cool because uh, <clears throat> there's a there's a. Uh, there's like a through line for like people who are really into uh, comics and cartoons where, you know, um, people that are a little, uh, their childhood predates the internet. Like you hear this story so much where it's like you would have the grandma or the, the one aunt or, or whatever that would save you the, the, all of the comic strips that you liked and you'd go over there. But in my grandma's case, it was the whole, it was just the whole, comic section of the newspaper but you know as long as you put them back the way you found them or the best you could then you know she she she'd let you rummage through all that and you know i remember uh <clears throat> i don't think that like this was i think i don't remember like um calvin and Hobbes specifically from when i was that young um I'd, I'd have been, you know, I don't know, like five or six, you know, going over there. But like, I remember all the ones that I, that are probably like, you know, be, like not that good, like Family Circus, you know. <laughs> but it's like they were they were comics, they were cartoons, you know. It was like this this is the shit, you know. But uh, that's so sick. Yeah. yeah, and like that she treated it so. I I love when people are so sacred about like documenting stuff like that, where they're like. You know, it's the pile of newspapers, but like, if I don't save them, no one's gonna. You're not gonna find them on the internet later. Yeah. Well, there's um, not to go down the whole like comics rabbit hole, but there's there's actually like this. There's this one guy that did that so much where like he was archiving these comic strips, and like, and he ended up like he ended up passing away, and and someone in his family or something like was like to to like a an institution they were like hey um this some mm -hmm. of this stuff might interest y'all and there was like comic strips from like the 1920s and all this like they they literally sent like two like 18 wheeler like trailers that like his huh. house was just packed with these things and oh my gosh this guy is like responsible for the archiving of like this like they there's somewhere where like young cartoonists like go and volunteer to work in this museum and what what they're still doing to this day like and this has been going on for years as they're archiving these strips and there's so many like collections and stuff that owe to this person like having done that because there's just yeah like you said there's no you know um 
there's there's no other archival uh, uh, um, method, you know, for that time. And uh, definitely, that's yeah. crazy. That's awesome, though. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. so sick. It's gonna be it's a it, it's gonna be like that with with a. Uh, you know, with your grandma's uh, figures at some point, like we're going to be in that uh, dystopian future where there's only like five people that like real um, tangible auto, uh, objects, you know? <laughs> and so there's going to be this like this uh, one, one person that like has to save the world from, you know, whatever. And um, they've, they found one of your, your uh, grandma's dolls to, you know, act as their conscience and their guide, you know? But um, or maybe they're gonna need that for support. That's yeah, sick. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, to keep them grounded, you know, keep them here in the real world. Totally. Know, I'm just, you know, making stories now. But uh, it's, it sounds like you know from like your your dad like being being into like collecting records and stuff that music has always been like a pretty big um, part of your life, like. Uh, did you start playing instruments in like school band or anything like that? Or just like, um, I am actually, well, sort of, I like in school. So like my dad would play music around us a lot. Um, and he was kind of our way in cause my mom just wasn't really that into music. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad had like tons and tons of records and like he had guitars and like he just he his hobby was music and he was in bands when he was in high school in like the 70s um and uh so when i got to school like in elementary school i guess i joined choir um and i was like singing and stuff but i never did like i guess like the first instrument i did was like in band class, I signed up to play the flute um, for, like, my middle school band. And that's how I learned to read, like, sheet music. Um, and then after that, I dropped out and, like, got into middle school choir. And I was, like, doing theater, too. Like, I was big into, like, musical theater and acting. So singing was, like, a big part of that. So pretty much, like, singing through from, like, elementary school pretty much all the way up until like now I've been like singing. Yeah. Um, but then like, yeah, like he, my dad, like just having guitars and stuff around. Um, I think I started playing guitar when I was like 14 because we got guitar hero. And then I was like, Oh, like my dad has guitars. Um, I'll like learn to play songs on them. That sounds fun. And my brother was into it too. I have a, I have a younger brother. And so we both kind of just got into playing guitar around the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, like you said, like, that's how I like playing flute was how you learned how to read music. Is that, is reading music still a big part of like any of your writing process or anything like that or? Um, actually not really. I know, like, I still sort of know how to read music and I can parse it out. Cause like, kind of, it's like learning to read. Like once you know how to read, you kind of can't unlearn it, but I'm not super like, I use it to like learn mandolin songs. Um, cause I play mandolin and like, I've, I played mandolin on like all the albums and like splits and stuff that I did. Oh. Um, yeah. And I, like, I, 
I use it to learn mandolin songs because that's just how they're written or that's just how I find them. But generally, like, no. And I don't really know theory either. I'm really bad about knowing theory. Um, I've never had much of an interest in it. And uh, I just kind of do what sounds cool. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, music and I know chords and I know, like, major and minor scales. But, like, anything further than that, I'm like, I don't, I can't name what I'm doing. Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't even take it that far. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I played with I played with some people that kept calling some things, some things, and so I picked that up. Like, you know, some somebody's like, "What is that? A C?" And I'm like, "Uh, yes." And they're like, "Yeah, that's a C." <laughs> and and you know, and then I'm like, "Okay." So I know, like, if you're if you're on the if you're on the third fret and you're doing this one thing, then that's a C. And then the same thing, if you're doing kind of the same thing, but you're like on the bigger strings, then that's a G. And that's like, yeah, exactly. As as I really take it. And, um, yeah, I kind of like know the board and that's it. Like when you're getting into like C minor, you know, suspended or diminished chords, I'm like, I don't, I can't, I don't have time to care yeah that sounds really bad to say no i mean it's it's it is what it is like everybody you know i i hate the idea that people either look down or look up to people based on like the uh, the breadth of their knowledge or 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 whatever Mm -hmm. you know like i think if you want to learn all that like i think that's sick go for it I think if you don't, but you still write cool songs, that's sick. Like, do what you want to do, you know? But Definitely. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I know it always sounds like I, or it could sound like this, you know, little projection, I guess. But like, I know it could sound like I think something like based on the fact that I'm remaining ignorant about a lot of this stuff but the truth of the matter is i just don't have time like yeah you know like i mm, i i want like i wanted to get good enough at guitar to write songs and i got good enough at guitar to write songs and and i got better so i could write better songs and then like i had to learn how to play drums and so i had to learn how to play drums good enough to play drums to the songs that I was writing and then I got a little bit better so I could write better songs and Mm -hmm. like you know and then it was like okay let's record these songs you know (laughs) and so 200 and whatever songs later like it's just that's just the way it is like I don't you know I don't have like I I don't know like I just don't have a lot of free time like I don't um like it's it's amazing when I like am I sort of like you ever like get down on yourself you're like oh I wanted to accomplish all this stuff today and you do, and you don't feel like you did it and then like you think well I actually did I actually did a lot of shit you know yeah definitely like recording music alone is like definitely that where you're like oh I have all this shit to do today and you like set up the mics set up the like tune everything up and then you do this and you like you already wrote the part and then you record it do like a bunch of takes get done with the day and you're like oh the song's still not done yeah and you're like well i didn't get anything done today because the song's not done and you're like well actually i spent the last six hours like recording 
mandolin, banjo, acoustic guitar. I got a bass track down. Like I actually did quite a bit today, but your yeah. brain is just so much like focused on the next thing that you forget everything that you just did to get to where you are. Yeah. And it, it, it takes a while to actually learn one of the biggest um, parts that, that like, you know, you don't take into consideration until you're there, but it's like when you, <clears throat> when you're recording 20 minutes worth of music, like, and like, even if you, even if you do every take, like pretty, pretty easily, right? Like every single take, you're going to listen to that back and make sure you d did a good <laughs> job. Right. And like, so you just ate another 20 minutes. Like if you think right. like, oh, this is only 20 minutes with the music, you could get it in your head. Oh, this will take me like two hours. But it's like, no, because you have to, <laughs> you, have to tr you have to track it every time, but then you have to listen back every time. And then you right. might want to revise something, you know? Um, and it's just like, there's all that stuff. And then it's like, yeah, in a mix down and you're like, you're like, oh, well, I'm mixing 20 minutes worth of music. Like, how long can this take? Oh, gosh. Like, you know, like Forever. famous <laughs> last words, right? Like, just <laughs> you're in your grave. You're still mixing because, like, yeah, you, you're you like, well, this sounds good. Let me bounce it. And bouncing, you know, and then listening, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. You, you know, you're like, it's a good thing we don't act. It's a good thing we're not writing like dream theater albums or whatever, you know? Because, like, <laughs> they have to have said fuck it at some point. Or I don't know if I can cuss. Sorry. Oh, no, they have you're to good. have said, like, screw it at some point, yeah, guys. No. We're just going to not listen back. <laughs> no, just trust the producer. Like, that's, you know, that's what we pay them for, right? I mean, you right. Know, I don't know. Because, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Somebody so at some point you gotta go and get some subway or something, you know. Right. <laughs> like you're just sitting there listening to like 15 minute songs and finding out you like flubbed one note in the guitar solo, you know. But um, yeah, it's it, eventually you you get there, you know, and you're like, oh, like I know about how long this is all gonna take me, and it's all good. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, you you can you can just be like. Oh my gosh, I didn't get get anything done, and so I think it. I think that's like the a really good piece of advice for people that like are want to do like something completely by themselves. Is just like you know, be nice to yourself for crying out loud. Right? You know? Like yeah, like you did something and like, you got it done. You know? Yeah, and just be like, oh, it's done, it's done. Too. I think overworking stuff is like the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like found that a lot. I see that a lot in other people now, and I think it's something that I'm kind of like over, um, is like overworking stuff. Um, where do I you, saw like, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, where do you find you do that the most? In which part like, of the process? Um, I so like I this project specifically, I started it like a year and a half ago, and I finished it in like four months and then I spent probably I, I spent like six to eight months like mixing it mm. like being like and and the mix like um I asked um someone to mix like I think like six of the song I think it totaled up to like six of the songs yeah, she might have done more yeah Jane, yeah, Jane yeah. who you interviewed which I think is awesome mm -hmm, crazy yeah. moment yeah um but yeah so I 
So, so even before contacting Jane, I was like mixing this thing forever, like, like for like four, four or five more months. And then eventually I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ask someone to mix four of the songs and then I'll just mix the rest. And then like, like four months later after that, I was like, Jane, please, can you do these other songs? <laughs> like, I was like, like, it's just not, I'm really not good at mixing and I'm really, I don't have the ear for it. I don't, I, I guess I just don't, didn't commit the hours to it or I'm too critical or I'm too like freaked out about it. And I really just need someone to tell me like, Oh, I think like this mix is good. Like we're done, like call it. Um, and Jane was super, super awesome about that because she would just, she would send me a mix and then I would be like, cool. Like my job is to think about notes for that. And then she's going to like take my notes and like, she's not going to like, like I'm not going to tell her step-by-step step how to do stuff. She's just going to do her best to like meet those notes. And I'm going to like, accept that and like if she's handing me the mixes she thinks they're awesome and other people will think they're awesome so i really shouldn't sweat it and i just like yeah getting someone else involved made me trust my own work better you know what i mean There's a, you know, proclivity like to, to nickel and dime something to death, you know, it's just like, oh, like this one, this one phrase in the vocals is a little too loud. And like, I'm just going to go back and just cut that part out and bring that specific phrase down like 1.5 you know, like <laughs> decibels <laughs> and like, and then I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to render it again and then I'm going to go listen to it again. And then I'm going to be like, oh, now it's a little too quiet or wait, maybe it actually still needs to go down more. And it's like, you definitely can get that way. And that's like the whole thing too, where it's like, I'm trying to tell my, one of my kids this because he's constantly, he's a, uh, he's really up in his head about like his uh an art class that he's having right now and he's like oh my art's not good and i'm like nobody buddy nobody thinks your art's good like mm -hmm. nobody thinks their art is good you know like everybody but it is it, it is so rare especially in in screamo or scrams or whatever you want to call it like it is so rare when i hear something and i'm like this is not a good mix like <laughs> it's so rare because like it can be whatever. Right. And the thing right. is like, it's like you said, like you, you take it at face value 
even if it is your stuff, when somebody sends it back to you, like you, you kind of, you take it at face value. You're like, excuse me, you're like removed enough from the process at that point that you can, you know, take it at face value and be like, yeah, okay. Like I, I get totally. it. Like, and it's like, yeah, like I never hear somebody else's mix and, and go like, Ooh, what were they? You know what I mean? Ooh, what, what, what was that? Like, ooh, why, why, what was that choice all about? You know? Yeah. So like, like most of the people like listening to your music aren't audio engineers. Yeah. Or well, like if they are, like you're functioning in a genre that like, I mean, people record stuff on their phones and like yeah. put it on or, Spotify. Or they, or they just think like that was your, that was what you were going for. Right. Like, that's like, you. People are like, more willing to trust you. I yeah. love that. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, oh, like, you could think like, well, I wouldn't have put that much reverb on there or whatever. But like, it. But you're, you're just you're assuming you're like that's the vibe they're going for, and mm-hmm. so it's just like, but you as the like performer, you're always like, that's not quite what I was trying to do, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're always looking at it in this way, which is. I mean, it's really wild when you when you really boil it down, right? Because like music is the is just this impossible thing that you're trying to like you're trying to get out of your brain, which is like it's corporeal and it's just like whatever. You're trying to get it out of your brain and into like into airwaves, right? And you're using like however many different instruments or like vehicles to get that out and the truth is like i don't i can't speak for everyone because maybe there are people that are just like they just do that but like the truth is like i never get it to come out the way like it it's is in my head exactly right it's always Mm -hmm. a little whatever it's always a little like different and that's completely fine right but when you get down into mixing you think none of the rules apply anymore and you're just going to make it you you're going to take whatever you did and you're going to turn it back into that thing into your brain in your brain or whatever and mm-hmm. it's like i mean you know like it's always a case of like just do do your best you know or and like nobody else is gonna like judge this as harshly as as you do you know but totally yeah, but it also if you can afford to, like, you know, to pay somebody to mix your stuff, then like by all means, because, I mean, to me personally, it is like, the most, I get the least joy out of mixing, but I, but it's also extremely, extremely fulfilling, when you do crack that code, you know, mm-hmm. like totally. So, I I don't know. That's. Like a long, you know, a long-winded, like, just, you know, do your best, gang. We're all... <laughs> yeah, do your best. Yeah, you know, just, like, meet the ideas close as you can and just, like, let it go. There will be other ideas. There will be other hundreds of songs. There you go. That, like, That's... like, there's kind of more important things to do than, you know, beat yourself up or, like, put yourself through the ringer. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and that's something that I've been trying to, like, put across for years is just, like... That is not going to be the last song you ever write. Don't, don't, you know? Exactly. Like, do your yeah. best, but come on. 
you know? You might write a better one. You might write a worse one, but you might write a better mm-hmm. one. Like, yeah. just watch, see what happens. Probably both, you know? Probably both. Yeah. Definitely both. Yeah. Um, but, like, um, you know, when, when before we started talking about, like, you know, the mixing and stuff and revisions and stuff, I, I thought you were going to talk about, as far as redoing stuff, I thought you were going to talk about, like, a particular instrument or whatever that you are like more like you're pickier about like do you have any is there any instance of that like do you like recut a bunch of vocals and just eventually find out that they're actually all ridiculously similar anyway that's a thing that (laughs) happens to me every time but um actually well i'm trying to think um i think stuff that i I know that like stuff that's unfamiliar to me is stuff that I'll question. Like there's a lot of banjo on the album and it's sort of just like in there. Like it's not like super pronounced. There's a couple songs where it's like pronounced. There's a couple songs. Yeah, I when you said mandolin, like I was like, yeah, I thought I heard mandolin, but I but <laughs> the thing that stuck out the most to me was banjo and not in a Oh nice. not in a grating way or 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 you know a bad way. No, but just that it's sort of like weird and present. Like that's why it's hard to, so like I would be like writing these parts and I would be like, I like, I learned how to play the banjo like a couple of years ago and there's obviously different styles and like different approaches you can take to it. So it was sort of this thing of like, well, I can play it like a guitar um, and I can like pick it or I can do like finger picking sections or I can do like bluegrass style, like strum Picking, like you know two finger banjo or claw claw hammer banjo mm-hmm. um so it was kind of like oh like what's like the feel of that if i'm gonna be screaming with it and there's like electric drums it was just a lot more like oh let me try this oh that sucked oh let me try this and it was a lot more like experimentation was going on with that with guitar it was like i wrote all the songs on guitar so it's just like that's that's the part yeah. um so and it was just a question of being like okay well is that playing it accurately like are we good um and i just did it like most of it was all just like directing guitars anyways too so i was just like oh once it's like on the session and like the part is steady and we're good and there's no noise or weird stuff like we're good but with like banjo and mandolin it was like oh let's like take some time write some parts see what happens yeah you you use it to uh you use it to color the songs a little bit more Mm -hmm. like it's it's a like it, it 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 accents the right parts of the songs that already exist mm. and so like yeah you would you would like it, maybe you approach it more like a lead or something yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like a lead or like a sort of color thing it mm-hmm. like even when i'm writing now like everything that i'm writing now that like has banjo on it i'm like this is so more influential on how people view it than a guitar would be because it's a banjo and because that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like traditionally, that's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Was the, um, was all this stuff just sort of sitting around like the, the or did you have to, were you like, okay, like, <clears throat> did you already have these instruments and stuff or what, or was this like, Oh, the concept yeah. came and then you're like, I, I need to, this stuff. Well, what happened? So like the, well, there's like full story, but like I had all of these instruments. My dad gave me 
my mandolin. He went through a mandolin phase. So like he he has just like instruments um everywhere. Um and he had a couple of mandolins. He had a practice one and then he had like a professional grade, like cool one. And when I was in college, he gave me the practice mandolin. Um, and it's cool. It's kind of like an acoustic, it looks like an acoustic guitar, but it's a mandolin. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I learned how to play that when I was in college, but then I just always had it with me. Um, and I learned how to play like bluegrass tunes and stuff on it. So that was just kind of around since I was in college. And then I got a banjo like right after I graduated. Um, and so that was just always with me too. I got him, I got the banjo super cheap on reverb. I got it for like 90 bucks. Um, and yeah, that stuff was just around. I also just have like random, I have a lot of rent, kind of like my dad. I have a lot of just like random music stuff around and I carry it with me wherever I move or like wherever I am. Yeah. I've got a lot of that too. I always want to tell yeah. I always want to just put a little something in, in there, make it, you know, like spicy. Yeah. Just, 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 you know, oh, I don't think I've heard somebody, you know, interject this you know, into a screamo song or whatever. And it's not totally. like, obviously not like a core, uh, part of our sound or anything, but I've always just like, Oh yeah. And tried, I like to try different things like, Oh, like, wouldn't it be cool if I just recorded the drums for this song on my phone, you know, mm, like cool. in the middle of the record, just have this one song where the drums are recorded totally different and see what happens or whatever. But yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've got a xylophone, and Ooh, cool uh, trumpet, uh, uh, an accordion, um, uh, an accordion. I want to learn how to play the accordion so bad. I got it super cheap. I got it for like $20 because one of the keys oh. doesn't work, but I was like, I don't fucking know what any of the keys do. So it doesn't matter to me. You know, I know that could be like <laughs> such an awesome noise instrument. Like there's such an awesome opportunity to really like make drones with that. Oh, you um, like, yeah, you, you could, I mean, you could, you could definitely like, especially like if you like filtered it the right way and stuff, like you could go bonkers with one of those for sure. Super cool. But yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got like, uh, cause my wife wanted to play violin in a band for a while. So like, we've got like violins and electric violin and electric Whoa. violin is like super sweet for noise too. Cause you can just like plug it into like a Marshall <laughs> and, and then just like <laughs> go like, and it'll be like, and it just goes wild. So cool. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, sometimes like I like, cause I got, <clears throat> I got like the record room and it's got like the, you know, hardcore, like metal shelves with the record boxes on it. And then there's another metal shelf in there and it's got like, all these instruments that I <clears throat> have picked up for like real cheap to, to do in like one or two songs. And, and I always am like, Oh yeah, I forgot I have one of those, you know? Mm -hmm. but, uh, <clears throat> that yeah. must be so cool. I always want to collect more junk. Like I just would love to have a room full of instruments. Yeah. I guess I kind of do. I have like a corner full of instruments now, but yeah, I think, I don't think there's any, I mean, there's like a flute in there, but I, I've never, like that's from my wife from when she was in, um, in band in school. Cool. And, um, I don't think there's anything else, but like, yeah, just, 
you know, I don't know. I'm not moving like ever again in my life. Like, <laughs> just bury me like right out back. Um, there's huge woods out there. You can just throw me out there. It's fine. Um, but like, mm. so I'm I'm way more tempted. Like, yeah, I could totally just, you know, I'm like, oh, like you know, like tambourines, random one-off drums, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, let's grab one, you know. But totally. Um, yeah, it's um, so like. You mentioned like you know you got you, you were playing mandolin in college and you got the banjo like out of college now like the uh project like sort of debuted in September of last year so like where are you at on the timeline from like when you like get out of college to like where you're like listening to screamo and you're like wait a minute like, where does all this, like, click together and become yeah. the the, um, the seed for So Long Partner? I think, like, well, so when, so I went to college for, um, I went to college for acting and, like, theater performance. And I went to, like, I mean, it was a, I, I went to, like, a good acting school. Um, but I wasn't, like, a super great student. I wasn't very, like... I just wasn't, like, super good at being, like, vulnerable as, like, an actor. So I, like, did some other stuff, but I wasn't I wasn't that great at other stuff either. But they let me, like, they let me compose music for a play, which was kind of cool. Um, and I was pretty good at that. Like, I thought I did a good job at that. Um, I had to compose, like, a couple songs, and then I picked a bunch of songs. I did a bunch of, like, research. Um, so then I graduated. I graduated. I'm kind of old. Um, I graduated in, like, 2017 from college. And then I moved to Nashville and I met my old bandmates who are still like close friends of mine. Um, but I met them in like 2018 and they got me to, um, pretty much like screamo and like underground emo around that time. Like I didn't know, the like Simon B and like sweet baby Jesus, like YouTube channels until I met them in like 2018. Um, and we were in this band, we were in a couple of bands. We were in this, we were one of one time we were called Jane and we were like a punk band and we did like a, like kind of like a cigarette man thing. I don't know if you know them. They're like a Japanese punk band. Okay. Um, we did like a kind of like lo-fi punk thing that's still somewhere in band camp and we made tapes um, and then we changed that over to this other band called Linwood. And then we were doing like more scream up stuff. Um, and basically from like 20, like I, I moved to Chicago sort of by accident for like eight months. And then I moved back to Nashville cause I didn't like it in Chicago. So basically from like 20 and then I got back together with my band and was like, we were doing stuff again. Um, so basically from like 2018 on was when I got into screamo emo music. Um, and then like so long partner, like what was happening is that like I and like the structure of like my old band Linwood, the structure was like one we all contributed songs, but I feel like I had a really high output of ideas. Um and I'm not saying they were good ideas, and I'm not saying that like having a high output is a good thing, but like I had I always had stuff. Um and so with So Long Partner, there was like a couple of songs that just were like 
really not going to fly with Linwood. And I was working on them on my own because I had a bunch of free time because my partner didn't live, like my girlfriend didn't live in Nashville with me at the time. So I just like, all I did was write songs. Mm -hmm. Um, So once I did like one or two songs, the first song I did was Hoedown Phase. And then I think I did Joiner. And then I was like, oh, it'd be cool to put mandolin and banjo on the, on Joiner. And then after that, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll just make this a thing because there's no way I'm going to play a banjo with Linwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it just sort of like, there were sort of just like trails of Linwood songs that didn't make the cut or stuff like that, that ended up in so long partner. And then a couple of the songs I wrote exclusively for it. Okay. So you were, so this wasn't a concept like ahead of time. This was something that happened sort of organically just out of these songs that you're writing. Yeah, I think once, yeah, I think once I had like two or three, like once I had like Joiner, Hot on Face, and probably like Wolves and Sheep or like something else, like some other song that like had a little more country vibe to it. And then I was you're like, like, I got to come up with a country sounding name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, I want to do this, doesn't exist. Like, I was like, there's, and I've like come across more bands that are sort of like, associated with like what I want to do like like Lucero they're like not really an emo band but like yeah Lucero's like aesthetic is like so cool and like has an emo sort of twinge to it especially their earlier records because they're sort of like old um but yeah at the time I was like oh this is like such a cool concept idea is that like I've never heard anything like this this is so cool like I should do this um and then like yeah closest thing I could think is like you know like and this this is not a screamo band at all, but like Murder by Death used to be like a heavy like emo band, mm. and now they're just like pretty much like alt country or whatever. I like, should check them out. I've not heard of them. Still a great band, but like yeah, they're they used to be they there's a there's a really really cool like heavy emo EP that they released under the name Little Joe Little Little Joe Gould, and um. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's got one of my favorite, like, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever heard. It's called Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or something like that. But, um, cool. Yeah, incredible song. But, um, like, yeah, it's like, it, like, you really cracked, like, something that, like, okay, so I don't know if you're familiar with Who Calls So Loud, but. Oh, my God. They're, like, there's a, the song Assume the Power Focus. I was like, that. That is yeah. That's, that's the one, one right? For. You're like you. You heard that, and you're like, uh. well, I, I've all. I also like heard that, and was like, wow, how how has no one ever done this? And like, I've been like, I'm gonna try to do that, like, at some point. And um, like, I I never intended on do making a whole um, sound out of it, like you did or anything. But yeah, that that's the one where you're like, whoa, this can be done. Like, this is cool. Yeah, totally. They're so good. Like the songwriting, Mm -hmm. like obviously like Funeral Diner is amazing and I love Funeral Diner um, and my friends got me into them and they're awesome. But like, I really love Who Calls So Loud. Yeah. Um, Just, I think the songwriting is so tight. It's so cool. It's actually like, I I think of the songwriting for Who Calls So Loud really similarly to the songwriting for Como Regalia where it's like, oh, like your section, the sections are just so well thought out. 
like you could see someone playing these songs with an acoustic guitar and it's still like a good song with like builds and like let goes and like open parts and like closed tight parts. It's just super tight. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, 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 one of the, one of the bigger regrets that I have, like as far as uh show going goes, I don't, lots of people might have uh, a show that they wish they went to that they didn't go to for whatever reason. But there was like a snowstorm and Who Calls So Loud was playing an hour away. And I was like, like, I really have like a lot of anxiety issues with driving on the interstate. And then you put snow into the mix and it's just a oh, no for me. So like some friends were like, he, you know, Who Calls So Loud's playing in Indy, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there was a fucking snowstorm. And I was like, I can't. Like I can't go, you know. I just can't. And um, Dang. and some friends of mine were like, "Oh God, they were so good." And I was like, "I'll I'll catch them next time or whatever." That was like the only time, you know. And um, uh. yeah, I wish, yeah, because like all the times when I did do like something ill-advised, you know what I mean? Like I wish that was <laughs> the one where I just like, you know, kicked myself in the butt and made myself you know, do something, you know, slightly ill-advised because I would have been able to see them. Yeah, they're I know. just incredible band. Like, we we got to play a show with Funeral Diner once, so, like... Oof, um, so that's th- crazy. So, th- we, you know, we did we did have that, and, you know, we've been we've been lucky to... Uh, like, that wasn't Coma Regalia. That was uh, my old band, Akameli. But, like, um, yeah, so we've been... Uh, real fortunate to do all kinds of cool things, but I think who 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 calls so loud is the excuse me the one that got away from me. It's like <laughs> you know, it's like ah, but um yeah, incredible incredible band and like the that super tight amount of output where every single track is just like just slams is like so impressive. But yeah, I know. Writing all these songs, and you just you just started putting um, parts into them that made sense, or that you know you were just experimenting, and then you know uh, you were kind of releasing the songs like almost like as singles for a minute, and then yeah. collected them basically. 
Yeah, sort of. Um, the first, well, I made this, um, what sort of happened was that I sent these mixes to Jane or I sent, uh, I sent the songs yeah. to Jane to be mixed in like September of last year. So almost a year ago. And she, her turnaround time was like bonkers. She was super quick. Um, it was like a couple of weeks and the songs came back like less than two weeks. I feel like, and the songs came back. That's what it felt like. And then I booked a show. My friend asked me to play a show at a pizza place. And like, it was sort of nearing the end of like this season where like shows were happening at this pizza place. And my friend was like, do you want to play? Cause I do solo stuff too. I do like, I am Robbie love and I do like acoustic music and I have like a different band camp for it. And he was sort of into that stuff. And he was like, Oh, do you want to play it as Robbie love? And I was like, actually, can I try my weird screamo project? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I played a show. So I made the Instagram account like for that show. And I played a show in like September, October of last year. And then I kind of went radio silent for a while, but I was kind of like on this discord server. I was on the, uh, bedroom scrams DIY jams discord server. I joined up there like the BSTJ server. Um, I joined up there like last year, probably about a year ago, just to like find out about more screamo music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I was kind of like in there, like talking to people and like kind of hanging out and like internet meeting people from like September to January. And then in January, I did the mix for Hoedown Phase and got that out like early January. And then I took Jane's and then Jane mixed uh, Kevin, You're Such a Disease. And we put that out in late January. And then I was like, oh, I'll just keep putting singles out. And then I had some stuff happen and I just lost focus for like a month. And then I was like, okay, album time, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've, so it's sort of been like this weird thing where I've sort of like had to deal with real life and like also had to like do this project too. So it's sort of like, I'll lose track of it sometimes and I don't post a lot on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, you know, you, so when you put, I'm, I'm assuming that like, when you collected the songs for the the um like collected release that was when you sort of like at that point did you sort of say okay like i know what this is now is that um yeah yeah i think so i think like i i like things to have like a through line especially if i'm in control of it like if i'm if i'm not in a band I like things to have like a through line and like there's an intro song and there's an outro song or there's like a beginning and a finale. Um, and I sort of feel like that became constructed and there were like a couple of different ways that I could do that and a couple of different songs that I could have done that with. And uh, I ended up like getting that done. But yeah, so basically, so Basically, I like things to have a through line and I like them to be, be like a beginning and end. And I feel like I had those two songs and then I was like, oh, I have like six other songs. So I'll just order them and like create a sort of like through line. Um, and yeah. And then I was like, oh, this like all kind of makes sense together um, and it all sounds fine. So we'll just do it as that. And there were a bunch of leftovers, too, which I ended up being able to use on like splits and stuff. It was awesome. Oh, OK. So um, like do you, since since you've sort of put everything together and like you said, like it made sense to you, like all together and everything, have you, um, 
have you come into any kind of like has writing new material or or recording new material has this has this been changed at all by by what you now recognize the project to sound like like there's a thing that a lot of people face i think sometimes where it's sort of like that sophomore like like when you do something and you just like throw it out there and you're just doing it to do it then you're approaching it later with like what it means to be formed like it can you can feel intimidated or like does that has that happened to you at all or is it just like business as usual yeah um it's actually changed a lot yeah the like new album that i'm working on i i sort of feel like the whole thing i guess i'm lucky to feel this way i think of it as feeling lucky because now i get to have two like genres and sort of tropes that i can lean on oh sure um because i can do screamo songs and like explore because i feel like there isn't like really a song on there that's like very much like an emo violence song or like a hardcore song like there's sort of like elements that are intense but i wouldn't call it like a like a hardcore song or any or anything like heavy mm-hmm. um but like there's an opportunity to have that since i'm in the genre and since like people who listen to that music like do listen to my music but i also like have this really cool thing where i can do like full bluegrass songs and put screams over them and that is like my aesthetic and that's super cool and like people have confirmed that like that is not totally unlistenable which i think if you look at it on paper you're like that's a terrible idea but um yeah i so yeah i sort of feel like I have like two sort of things that I can lean on and like sort of fluctuate between. And it's made me like write a lot more because one day I'm like, Oh, I have a bluegrass riff and you know, I'll like get a structure built around that. And then the next day I'll be playing guitar and I'm like, Oh, I have an emo violence thing. And then I'm like, build, build something around that. And like the elements that aren't there at the beginning come in later. So like if I do the bluegrass song, you know, on, and I write it on a mandolin, then I'm like, okay, we'll write a hard guitar part under it or something like that. Or if I write like the emo violence song on a guitar, then like later I'll be like, Oh, it'd be really cool to have a banjo part here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the first time that I listened to you, I was like, this is like country Adobe Holmes. Is that (laughs) like, does that track? Do you I listen don't know to a Adobe lot of Holmes. Oh, okay. Well, it's like country Adobe Holmes. Like um the 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 vocals, like the way that you have a lot of parts where there's like several I mean it's like you know, it's just your voice but doubled or or whatever in different uh different harmonies and whatnot. Um but that's that's like that is Adobe Holmes whole shit. Like cool. Um, this, this this is my pal AJ, uh, the vocal for vocalist for that band, and AJ and I have known each other for a very long time, and it's just like there's some guarantees that you're gonna have in Adobe Holmes, um, in an Adobe Holmes album where it's just like there is absolutely gonna be a song where the song ends and the vocals just like keep going, like chanting a, mm. a similar thing. Or it's going to happen in the middle of a song, but like, 
you know, that is like <clears throat> absolutely like going to happen. That, that is a thing. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, I was, I was also like, um, definitely hearing, um, uh, a lot of, of the characteristics of your voice remind me of a really influential songwriter, uh, that a lot of people don't, um, really know too much about, which is, uh, this, this, uh, Canadian person named Dave Wenger, um, used to play in this band called M Blanket and Ache Hour Credo and Daddy's Hands, like, but it's specifically in M Blanket, like, um, a lot of the characteristics that your voice takes really reminded me of M Blanket. And that's just that, uh, that, that like ragged, um, you know, gasping, like urgency that, that, that comes out. That's, that's, uh, like, it's a, you know, a sight for sore eyes, you know, but the musical equivalent of that, you know, but, um, cool. yeah, it's check out both those bands and then you'll be like, wait a minute. Like, this is one of those things where like um like uh you start thinking uh about uh whatever that theory is that like you know ideas are just like in the ether and you can be unconscious of an idea but still like um be uh, influenced by it. I don't remember what that's called. But um usually i just i don't think i know either i'll definitely like check them out yeah i've got them adobe homes and blanket yeah yeah um yeah yeah i mean dave winger though like i've said it uh lots of times probably by now in in the 170 nearly episodes of the show but uh probably the biggest influence on my guitar playing uh, out of anyone i can think of just like just just being like what is that weird stuff that this person's doing, you know? And, um, mm. yeah, but, um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And like you said, you are working on a new album then like, how's that? Yeah. Going? Um, it's going okay. I'm doing live drums and I'm not much of a drummer. Um, okay. but it's going okay. I don't know. I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, am I doing demos? And I need to find someone to record with. Or am I going to do, or is like this going to be the album and it's going to be a little low quality? Um, low quality, so, like it, you're not getting the sounds you want or you're not able to play as technically as you'd like? Oh, uh, low quality, like I'm not getting the sounds that I want. Yeah, oh, I'm able oh. to like play my parts. But, <clears throat> oh, okay. uh, oh, you mean on drums? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, there, there, is a, there is a drummer better than me that would be a little more imaginative. But generally, like, I generally I feel like I'm getting the vibe, like, with these songs, with the drums. Okay. Um, it's nothing too, like, the skeleton isn't hard by any means, but someone would come up, someone would certainly come up with some better fills than I did. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say that. Um, but yeah, I, but I also, I, you know, since it's a solo thing, like, and since it's just me sort of dealing with myself every time I pick up an instrument, like, I'm just trying to be, and since I'm getting older and I'm not like young anymore and I have time to like judge myself and like grind myself hard, like I'm just sort of realizing that like, yo, like don't beat yourself up, you know, don't just don't beat yourself up. If you can't play the part, like figure out a way to make the part still have that intensity, but like, just like be comfortable with simplicity sometimes. And like, don't overexert yourself if it's going to like make you, you know, feel bad or anything like that. 
Yeah. I mean, especially because like <clears throat> a lot of the times you might just be reaching for something because you can't grab it. And it that's might, a great point. It might not even service the song correctly or whatever. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, it sounds hard. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Like, ooh, I, that's an awesome point. I've never, yeah. no one's ever said that. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's a, it's something that I sort of, it's something that I sort of figured out in the first like year or so that I was playing drums. I was like, oh, like, I just want to do that because I've, because I, because, you know, because I want to do it. Like, it's not even, you know, it might not even be the best thing. But yeah, I mean, um, d is that, is that sort of why you decided to go with acoustic drums this time? Like, because you're like, I like, where where was the need from like for that? Um, was it like to prove to yourself, or just because you want to make everything like a certain way? I think I yeah. I mean, I think it was cool to use electric drums, and I like that aesthetic. I think that I was just like, I think I wanted to push myself, mm -hmm. um, and I think I wanted to create something that had a little more like roominess and like acousticness to it mm -hmm. i think that like one thing like while while it's cool that the disparate elements of like electric drums and like acoustic instruments like banjo and mandolin like don't hurt anyone's feelings and everyone's like oh that is like acceptable and cool um i wanted to see what it would be like to be like oh like if this was a whole band performing live like what would that sound like yeah um yeah, and I sort of wanted it to sound a little more, like, epic. Or I sort of want this, like, next release to sound a little more, like, epic. Um, yeah. And I yeah. feel like, like, live drums sort of, like, have that. Like, I'm doing, like, room mics and stuff like that and mm -hmm. trying to get, like, a big sound out of it. Yeah, you you can... You, you, you definitely, like, you had those, like, chiptune-ish elements that... Like, I'm sure you can still track in there with, like, acoustic drums or whatever, but, like, um, the acoustic drums are definitely going to, like, match your sort of, like, earthy tones or whatever of your, you know, mandolin and your and your banjo. Like, that's going to, like, that's going to blend, like, really well, you know? Whereas, like... Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe your first release, maybe that's something... <clears throat> that people really dug about it, that it doesn't match, you know, which is like, I can appreciate that as well. And I can also appreciate somebody who just says, you know what, this ain't going to be like the last one. You're still going to tell it's the same band, you know, but like, it ain't going to be like the last one. And that's just that, which <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've done that like, and it's kind of weird. Cause you know, I like, I personally don't like to, I don't want, I don't ever want to say like, oh, I don't, I wish I had done this thing different, especially in regards to Coma Regalia, because you could always be talking about somebody's favorite thing you've ever done. And I just don't want to get in anyone's, in, in the way of anyone's enjoyment of something that I've done. Like, I think that's very personal and it's like whatever, um, whatever connection they have to it, if like if it is for a reason that I'm like less than over the moon about, then that's like perfectly fine with me. And I don't want to do that. But like, it is weird to like how sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do like, 
I'm going to do something like drastically different and you can have people that like don't even notice. <laughs> They're just like, oh, cool, another <laughs> Cormac Gallery record. You thought you did something like so different than your last thing. And then like there's always the other thing where you're like, when you play the songs live and they all sound like they're from the same record, which mm. is, you know, that's like, that's fun and interesting, but also you get in that um, space sometimes where you're like, listen to the recordings after that and you're like, oh, I forgot that's what it sounds like on the recording. Cause like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I listened to the record like a bunch of times back when we put it out, but like, we played the songs like X amount of times since then. And so I just know them this way. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, I think that's the recognition of having a great aesthetic and having a good vision as a band, or even just as like an artist too, is just being like, you know, like you're like, Oh, I feel like I'm doing something different. But if you put it out and people are like, kind of sounds like the last thing you're like, that's actually a great thing because I am very much like coming from the same place in myself. Like, the same like self that I'm trying to express through my like entire art is still being communicated. And that's like still present. I think like people just get so fussed out when like a band goes to like corporate or whatever, because like they're really losing that personality that got them into the band on the first place. Yeah. But like if records like sound the same, but a little different, like that's kind of, that's so sweet spot. That's like, uh, like it's still you, but new stuff is going on in yeah. this person's life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is like Nine Inch Nails. Like mm, I've I've never gotten into them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not nearly as into them as like um our drummer Jason, but like like that's like one of Jason's it, it might be Jason's favorite band, I'm not sure, or but it's definitely one of top 2. But um like yeah, it's it's just like there's always a like there's a consistency in quality, but there's enough like tonal differences that you're like, and I mean, there's some extremely tonal differences the longer that their discography goes, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I, I just always, I think it's funny when, you know, when it's like, yeah, you kind of think like, you're like, oh yeah, we really, we really flipped it on its head this time. And then it's just like <laughs> the new Coma Regalia is cool. And nobody says like, it sounds different than the, you know, nobody says anything. They're just like, they, they're back with another good record, you know, or like whatever, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, <clears throat> so about how far along in the, like, are you doing like a sort of write a song, record a song similar to what you did before? Or are you writing all the songs and then going to drop up, like track them all? And, um, What's sort of happening now? So the way that I do stuff, well, yeah. The way that I do stuff is that I'll pretty much just write a song through without any revisions. And then pretty much like the day of or the next day is when I decide like, oh, like there should be an entirely different part here. And then... um I don't live with any other musicians. I don't really have like, a means of recording. Like, like I don't really have like room to make noise all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so what I've done and the way that I've structured it is that like one weekend I'll like one weekend, I guess it's done. Like 
the drums are done, I guess. Um, one weekend I like set up the drums and I just did the whole record through all the drums. Um, and then I did like guitars, like last weekend or the weekend before, I can't remember. Oh, so you're um, like a ways into this already. Um, yeah, I'm a ways into it and I'm sort of like questioning like, all right, <laughs> are these demos or are sure. these like record record? But yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty far ways into it. I haven't done vocals yet. Well, I've done a couple of vocals like here and there, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, that's how I've done this at least is that I've done like a strings weekend. I've done like, I've done a banjo mandolin weekend. I've done like a guitars weekend. I've done like a drums weekend. I didn't have to do a bass weekend because I'm, I'm not an amazing bassist and I also write pretty intuitive bass lines. Um, but yeah. So basically, yeah, I'll do like chunks, but I can't like, like Tuesday night, I can't like lay down a track just cause of the way that I like live with people and how there's noise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the process really like the thing that I, uh, like one of the things that I like about doing the way that I do music is that like, I really commit to song structure um, from the get-go. I think that, like, it for me, like, hearing, getting the structure of the song finished as quickly as possible is, like, key. Because I don't want to spend a month, you know, being like, is the bridge too long? I just want to be like, feel it out, like, play it live a couple of times through, feel it out that feels right cool let's like spend more time layering stuff on top of it and seeing like what sticks and what doesn't there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's i think that put i think that the auxiliary stuff is like a better indicator for when something's working than like just saying like um maybe this like maybe this needs to go eight times or maybe this needs to go four times. It's like, once you do the other thing, then you're like, Oh, that totally worked. But like at the same time, Mm -hmm. it is, you can get some really cool results by, um, just sort of arbitrarily deciding as well to just be like, like, you know what? Like all this, all this rest of this song, every, everything goes like four times. So I'll just make it go five for the fuck of it. Like totally. Yeah. And, and just stick and just sticking to that. And later you're like, why did I do five? You know, that's Jay. That's actually usually (laughs) Jason is like, why did you do five? Like, like when we're recording, (laughs) yeah. When we're recording the album and Jason's like, it stops at four and it's like, why did you do five again? I'm like, I don't know. You know, that's just like, that's just how we roll. You know, it's like, Sometimes it's two instead of four. And sometimes it's just three instead of four. Um, but um, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. And like, yeah, I'm, I look forward to seeing how that all turns out. Um, are you? Do you have any other shows like coming up or anything like that? Or um, I don't have a band. Um, uh, how did I, you I do that one show? What was uh, the I setup? Did the, I did the one show with like a laptop and backing tracks. Okay. And like I played guitar with it, okay. and then like halfway through the show, I like cut out and like did some other songs and like kind of trickled out just because like the vibe wasn't. It was two other singer songwriters and me, mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't like really the vibe. So I haven't really done like a real show as so long partner, but I'm also kind of like comfortable with that. I think 
I just I, I think it's just something that I need to think about. And right now I'm sort of like in album mode. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I'm going to Japan with a friend this October and I'm super stoked to do that. But there's been a like a lot of planning with that and there's like a bunch of like weird stuff going on with my job right now. Um but I think after like Japan is over, so like after October, I might try to start figuring out either like shows or a tour. Um, but I'm not sure like when. Um, probably sometime next year. But as far as like shows, I I mean I just moved to Austin, Texas, and I don't really know anyone here. I know like two people. Um, so it's also kind of hard to like I have to like go to shows and like talk to people and like figure out how to book and stuff like that. So I'm sort of like getting my sea legs with that while I'm doing this album thing. So I'm just sort of juggling those two things at once. Yeah. It's, and I mean, Austin is like one of those places where it's like, nobody cares you're in a band. It's like, yes, who isn't, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's it's like, yes, my grandma is also in a band. Like maybe y'all can jam together, but, um, yeah, yeah, and it's cool, and there's, like, there are cool bands here, too, no, no, but a lot I, of bands are, like, I I feel like there's a lot of, like, jammy bands and a lot of, like, friend bands, and that's really kind of different. I used to live in Nashville where it's, like, professional bands, 101. Like, everybody is in, like, a super, super solid project yeah, that, like, or, and, is super and, focused. Uh, and, and studio musicians and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like laser focused on like shows, CDs, tour, shows, CDs, tour. Yeah. Like build community. Yes. Um, Community is how we make money and jobs. Um, And here I feel like it's so much more lax. Like all of the venues that I've been to here, it's been super lax. And like the shows are like half populated and it's super sick. And like everyone's super nice because they're not, you know, hyper focused on being professional musicians. So it's super easy to talk to people. Um, Yeah, But it is like... Yeah, like, yeah, it's sick. One time when we were there, like we somebody had to go to a music store to rent XLR cables for the show. It was like a house show, but they were renting some XLR cables for this house what? show. And like <laughs> we went to this music store and we were just sort of like waiting for the person to like cuz it was sort of like the stuff was supposed to already be like ready and bagged up. So we're just sort of like waiting for this all to come together. And there was just like person after person coming in and just renting for their gig for the night, renting the most random shit I'd ever seen. Just like, oh yeah, like I'm renting a saxophone for my show tonight. And like somebody else is like, you know, I'm renting like some toms and like that. And I was just like, this is like, this is, so wild from where I'm from, which, which like nobody gives a shit, like nobody plays music in this town. Nobody gives a shit, you know? And there was this whole culture based on renting like the most random things for like a hundred different shows that must've been happening simultaneously in this city. It's just Mm. like, yeah, it was really cool. But like, yeah. Um, like I, I have not been to Texas in a long time and it, it makes me sad, but you know, um, yeah, like th- that all sounds really awesome. And like I said, I'm excited to uh, hear the album. Um, it, uh, like it's been, you know, really cool chatting with you and and um, sort of like getting to know you a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, like um, I guess that's like all I really want to ask you about. But um, 
Is there anything else that we should chat about, like, before we take off? Like, is there anything that we sort of missed or? Um, no, not really. I have uh, tapes and, like, CDs coming out on Honeysuckle and okay. Oliver Glenn and with Gene Scene. Okay, so, so you said before you said honeysuckle. <laughs> I was like, it's either going to be Oliver Glenn or honeysuckle, but you got them both. So yeah, and, I got them both. Yeah, Jane well, scene. Jane, like, oh my god, well, like Jane. So after she finished the mixes, like last September, she sent them to honeysuckle, and was like, and then one day was like, surprise, they want to do a release with you, and I was like, oh my god, that's actually crazy, because um, I love all the bands on honeysuckle, and I love all the bands on Oliver Glenn too, but yeah. Um, yeah, so they're doing like I think we're gonna do a, a, like release everything at the same time uh, in a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, they're super sick, and uh, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to plug it. And that was my conversation with Robbie Love. Thank you so much, Robbie, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks to all of you, wherever you are, for listening as well. Until next time, take care and do good things.